Okay, <clears throat> good morning, good afternoon, Rabbi <clears throat> Welcome everyone, nice to see everybody. I wish you a Yom Tov, you should all have a happy and successful day. Um, we're continuing in our series, I want to share with you, if anybody wants to join us, we're going uh, at the end of Chodesh Tammuz to visit uh, places of uh, Jewish historic interest, especially the graves of many of the Rishonim, including Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam, the Rashbam, the Ravid, Achroinim, such as the Shagas Aryeh. If you'd like to join us, uh, there's still available spots. We're speaking about a very uh, monumental topic, and that is the most important of all the mitzvahs in the Torah is the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam. We mentioned that after 120, um, a person will be asked, among many things, six principal questions, many of which are connected to executing one's responsibility of learning Torah. The language of the Gemara is that a person will be asked, did they deal in business honestly? Did they set fixed times to study Torah? Did they engage in procreation? Did they await the salvation? Were they mefaltel and chachma? Did they try to extrapolate one thing from another? The Vilna Goin, quoted by Maritz Chios, learns that all six questions, in fact, are centered around Talmud Torah. And the six questions are, did one learn Zroim, Moyed, Nashim, Nazikim, Kodshim, Vitaharais? which is quite a, um, a big responsibility. It's a lifetime occupation. The learning these six Siddharim, a person will not do in one year. Most people won't do it in five, ten years. It's really something that takes a whole lifetime. But the Bir Halacha, based on the Medrash, expanded on the obligation that really learning Shishay Sidre Mishnah and Gemara, that's not sufficient. One also has to learn Chamishay Chamshay Torah, to the extent where they're going to ask you about the Maisa Merkava, and they're going to ask you all kinds of intricate questions about every subject in Torah. And last week we read the very powerful question of the Baal Shevet Musar, namely, is this really possible? Can every Jew really be expected to learn Kalat Torah Kula? Even many G'dayle Yisrael from hundreds of years ago it would be hard to say they could have answered in the affirmative regarding every detail in Torah. Is this really a uh, reasonable expectation? And this is something that really causes a person to feel very down. And they say, well, look, if the repercussion of not learning Kalat Torah Kula is, is severe castigation and retribution, so who needs the whole thing? You know, might as well just enjoy this world. And that's the question of the Shevet Musar. So, um, we learned from the Darach Hashem that because learning Shishay Sireh Mishnah and the entire Shas is a basic prerequisite to life in this world, one should divide up their time in a way that they'll be able to get through everything. In other words, if you're very bright and you could spend, uh, you could really delve into everything deeply, so then you could, uh, you could allocate time to go through everything thoroughly. For those who it's very difficult to learn all the subject matter, you won't be able to learn it thoroughly. You have to go through it superficially. But it seems like there's definitely a goal to go through all the subject matter. Uh, we also learned last week that even within the midst of Talmud Torah, um, by the way, we mentioned that Rav Moshe Feinstein said that the definition of learning Kala Kula is Shas Bavli, as even many great early authorities never got through the Yushalmi. We mentioned an idea from the Levush Mordechai that there should, a person should have two Siddharim. One, to learn Gemara Morbi'yun, Gemara Rashi Toisvis, and delve into it. And then, uh, Gemara without Toisvis. So I want to start off today's shir by reading to you a letter, which is really a combination of a number of letters that Rav Shach wrote regarding the mitzvah of Limud and um, after seeing what Rav Shach uh, advises 
uh, people to learn, and we feel the overwhelming responsibility, I'd like to continue on in the uh, approach of the Shevet Musr regarding whether this is really realistic. So Rav Shach uh, has a letter regarding the Derech Halimod. Um, Rav Shach says, I turn to you. Something I wrote many times. I cannot remain silent. I'll say there halimud biyeshivos regarding the manner of learning in the yeshivos. Asher hoylech umizdar der miyom leyom that it it goes and it plummets daily. Vihit saras harabim. It is a communal distress. The manner in which they learn in yeshivos is a sara. Vizel mamish asain. It's a disaster. That they could be in the yeshiva for two months, and after two months, they've learned eight blot. It's a disgrace. It's basically suicide. If you want to know where will all the bachram be, they'll be in the coffee rooms. Why? Because if you learn so slow, what do you think? How do you think you feel about yourself after a month? You've been sitting in the yeshiva all day, and you haven't accomplished anything. You know, one of the great milas of dafyomi is that the feeling of accomplishment—that in a short amount of time you finish masechtos. Says Rav Shach, but the way they learn in the yeshiva is loizu haderach legadol or this is not the derech to grow in Torah, to acquire Torah. In this manner, we're just producing unlearned bores. And heaven forbid the Torah be forgotten. You're getting anywhere learning this way. You need to be proficient in the whole Masechta. You don't need to know any Chidushim on the Masechta. You don't need to know not what Rav Baruch Ver says, not what Rav Shimon Shkab says, not what Rav Chanan says. Rak HaPshat HaPashat. Just the simple Pshat. And in this manner of learning, after many Zman, in a few years, if you learn a Masechta a year, you'll know many Masechtas. That's the main way to grow. You'll have satisfaction. You won't have these downers and these periods of depression. Nowadays, the way people learn, you know what a Bachar thinks about himself after a few years in yeshiva? He thinks he's like a garbage man. He, he knows just as much as the guy who comes to pick up the trash in the morning. Neither know anything. So Rav Shach, again, is speaking in very <laughs> strong terms, critically, about the manner that they learn this. And all the amount of the lengthy time they spend in Svarais, it's for naught. Maybe worse than that. Not only is it for nothing, it's counterproductive. They send so much time refining the svara that they concoct ridiculous svaras. Everybody, by the time the year is over, they know half the Masechta. But the truth is, they don't know not Bekiyos, and they don't know Ion, and their Lomdus is not Lomdus. Says Rav Shach, I've been around the block, and he's, I remember the olden days, how they learned, how they grew. Why is it, you know, a hundred years ago, look, we had so many G'dayle Yisrael, and today do we have the same Number and level. I saw with my own eyes that in one zman they got up to Dav Kuf. Says Rav Shach, we need to learn 
in the manner that they always learned. Otherwise, we continue to produce the Amei Aratzais. That was always the Dar Halimud. They learned Gemara, Rashi, Toysus, the main Rishonim, the Ramban, the Rajba, the Ran. They looked into it when it was hard to understand. Maybe they, you look in a different Rishon who explains it a little differently. And if you don't understand, we say the following principle. Weiter, weiter gegangen. So go further. And you know what? Maybe you'll understand in a blot or two, you'll say, you know what? Oh, that's what it meant to blot ago. And what, what you don't understand the first time, you'll understand the second time, the third time. Not every young man or even seasoned scholar will understand something the first time they learn it to understand the words of the Rishonim and the Achroinim and we apply the rule and says Rav Shach in my youth when I came to Slabatka what I didn't know learning the first time that didn't stop me from going further I reviewed, I reviewed again, and what I didn't get the first time, I got the second time. Says Rav Shach, Iyun does not need to mean, does not need to be, to be Mechadesh Chidushim. Just to know what the Gemara says, what the Rashi says, what the Toysa says. You don't have to know every Achroin. The main Achroinim are Rabbi Kiva Eger, the Ktsoysachoshen, the Nesivos, the Pnei Yeshua. Especially, but the current Svarim, says of Shach, very few of them are that great. It's not Kedai to spend too much time in them. And better to learn more Gemara Rashi Toysvis, which is the meat, meat and potatoes. Potatoes. At least, says of Shach, he says, unbelievable, a, bent, a yeshiva should learn at least one blot a day. Don't spend so much time making up Chidushim, the Chedushim will come on their own. Because when you know the Masechta, you'll have questions, and you'll, the questions will, uh, you'll have to think about them, and you'll come up with answers. And always better to associate with people who learn faster. So basically, um, Rav Shach did not, was not a big fan of the method of learning in uh, the Yeshivas. He says, better to spend more time. It always was a very uh, major element of learning to review, to review, to review, review, and there's no end, there's no gavul. Like the Grasa to Rav Chaim and the Maisarab, that when Rav Chaim said he already learned Mayed uh, many tens of times, he still doesn't know it. So the Gra says, well, you think because you reviewed it tens of times, you're going to know it. So Chaim Velazhner says, so how many times? 101? The Gra says, no, much more than that. Kol Yomav Ba'amoid V'chazar. And the Gra says, um, Rav Shach says, don't, don't review like 50 times because you're going to end up just running through it. Says uh, Rav Shach, spend at least a half hour a day to review what you learned. Um, okay. And then he says to spend uh, an hour or two on Shabbos to learn the Sefer Ktois HaChoshen. Um, not only in the Indian that you're learning, but to learn it in order. And uh, through learning that, you'll definitely have certain, uh, some questions and you'll come up with an answer and it will engender greater cheshek in your learning. So Rav Shach emphasized the importance of, of trying to pick up the pace and not spending so much time micro-analyzing every single svara because at a certain point it's beyond the mind's ability to grasp. What's interesting is that um, Rav Shach's uh, approach did not really catch on in the yeshivas. Ad uh, hayoyim, in most yeshivas, they don't learn that fast. Maybe in the Hasidic yeshivas, they cover that amount of ground. But uh, 
in the yeshivas today, they're, they're not learning a hundred bladasman. And, um, part of the reason is, is because in the viewpoint of the yeshivas, the, the years of yeshiva are not, uh, meant to be the time in life when you, uh, acquire Yediyas HaToyra, but rather it's a time where you're trained how to learn. And then once you acquire all the necessary tools and you're equipped to really analyze and dissect something, so then the rest of your life you could learn whatever uh, whatever is available to learn on the highest of levels. And that I want to segue into the following subject, namely a very interesting um, analysis of... Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And namely, in the concept of Derech Halimud. Because, as we mentioned, Rabbi Shach says that uh, for many hundred, for, for uh, the ancient way to learn was to cover a lot of ra- ground, to learn Gemara Rashi Toysis without overanalyzing based on the Achroinim. And it almost seems like in every generation, there has been a... Uh, the Derech Halimud has somewhat changed. You know, in Poland, um, the Derech Halimud was based on the approach of Rabbi Yaakov Palak and Rabbi Shalom Shachna, where they instituted a mahalach called Pilpul. And Pilpul is not what... Uh, the me- The method of Pilpul is different than what we refer to as popol. We don't really have a accurate way to describe what the method of popol was in Poland 400 years ago. Uh, but it was something to something of mental acrobatics, where they would sort of say a svara and extrapolate based on that to cases that never happened and are never discussed. And it was more mental acrobatics and gymnastics than actually learning the source material. And it almost seems like in every generation there has been somewhat of a changed Darach Halimud. And Rabbi Yaakov uh, observes this and he finds it very unusual because he says in the MS Yaakov and Parshish Mishpatim, he says you could wonder, it's a halacha psuka that Dvarim Shabachsav, you're not allowed to say them Baalpeh. Written Torah, you cannot say Baalpeh. Dvarim Shabalpeh, you can't write them. And yet, nowadays, Halacha Lamaisa, the Poiskim have really uh, strained themselves and they've inve- searched and invented different Hatarim why you're allowed to say the written word orally. And furthermore, why you're allowed to take the oral law and write it down. You know, originally, there, there was a heter to write the Mishnah. But that heter widened and widened to the point where every God of Israel is writing a sefer. And now, moreover, now, not only they're writing some, they're making a shachianu when they write a sefer. What is shachianu? It's an avera. You're not allowed to write down the oral law. So what started off as a heter to write the oral law, it expanded that everybody writes a sefer, and then they're making brachas when they write a sefer. And they don't even deal with the question of, what do you mean, dvarm shavapeh, yav shavapeh, Now, Rav Yaakov says, it is a well-accepted fact of every mamin, that the Torah and the mitzvah that we have today in our possession was is what was given to Moshe Rabbeinu. And it is borrowed to us that Moshe Rabbeinu and Ezra Soifer and Hillel Hanasi and the Rambam, they took the same Dalit Minim that we take, they blew the sh- same Shoifaris that we blow, they wore the same Tefillah and Tzitzis and Mezuzah that we do. The same ones were in the times of Tanam and Amaran, Go'inim, Rabbanim, Rishonim, Nachroinim. And the mitzvahs that we do today are in the exact same format and method and entity of the way they were done thousands of years ago. Yet there's one mitzvah that is constantly changing and evolving. 
Says Rabbi Yaakov, Manushtana mitzvahs Talmud Torah ad shemidar ledar royin onu shemishtanim oifane kiyom mitzvazu. What is so unique and different, unusual about the mitzvah of Talmud Torah that from generation to generation the method of fulfillment of this mitzvah is constantly changing? You know, here are some examples. Originally, says Rabbi Yaakov, so that, that's what we're now focusing on. Um, we began today's shira speaking about you know, the vast responsibility of learning. Now we're going to talk about, in light of what Rav Shach said, how he feels learning should be done. We're going to analyze now the various methods of learning throughout the ages. So originally, someone who had a father, the father taught him Torah. Someone who didn't have a father, he wouldn't learn. So then they taught, they darshan, velimadatem oisam, ulamadatem atem. So they made a takana. There need to be yeshivas in Yushalayim. They darshan, kimitziyah, and teitzay But then someone who had a father brought him to the yeshiva. Someone who didn't have a father, he didn't go to yeshiva. So they were masakin that there were yeshivas in every district. And they brought a kid, 16, 17 years old. And what did you do if your Rebbe got angry at you? You left. Until Yeshua ben Gamla came along, and he established every city has to have a yeshiva, and the kids go to learn at age 6 and 7. So this mitzvah of Talmud Torah, different than every other mitzvah in the Torah, is constantly evolving, changing, improving. They're constantly making new enactments. Who allowed them to do that? Who allowed them to keep on darshaning? I thought your father has to teach you Torah. Where's this concept of yeshiva? You know, originally... The Mishnah says at five years old, you learn Chumash. Ten Mishnah, fifteen Gemara, and that was a halacha b'sukah. First you have to learn Tarshah and then Mishnah, and then Gemara. And then comes along 200, 300, 400 years ago, the Bach and the Shach. And what do we do? We take a kid, he could barely read the Aleph base. He doesn't know whether you say for Yeshua and Shoftim is uh, a book of the Encyclopedia Britannica or part of the Torah. He doesn't know the difference between Mishpacha Magazine and Yeshaya Hanavi. And we plunk him in front of a Gemara, Hamafkit Peros Eitzel Chaveroi, Elu Metzio Shaloi, Elu Chayv Lahachres. He doesn't even know if Chagai Zechariah Malachi are our Jewish prophets or on his favorite baseball team. The kid is an Amoretz Gomor. He doesn't know nothing. He doesn't know from Adam. He doesn't know if Safania is a Jew. He doesn't know who the Nevi'im are. He, do, he never heard of the concept of Ksuvim. And we plunk him in front of a, a Gemara. He's learning Makis. And he's darshaning Kimle Bidrabamine. What happened to the Mishnah Perkei Avais? At 5 you learn Chumash. And then when you get older, at 10 Mishnah and 15 Gemara. And we take a 7 year old. And we put him in front of Gemara Rashi Toysis. And the Achoinim are trying to, trying to find a reason for this minag. But whatever the reason, who allowed this reform? It's reform Judaism in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. By the way, even in the times of Rebbe, first they darshaned Gemara in the Chamid And then everyone ran to the Gemara, so they darshaned Oilam Averatzel Mishnah, Leoistim Gemara. So every generation, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is constantly changing, evolving, improving, depreciating. Who allowed the Chachamim to make reforms in the mitzvah of Talmud Torah? Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, a very interesting principle, and this might be an answer to Rav Shach's question of, you know, you're not going to produce Talmud Chachamim learning so slowly and this is really based on what we had recently in Yavamas. What is the purpose of learning? To be an observant Jew. The mitzvah to learn is to observe. And therefore, observance will govern the parameters of how to learn. 
Oifen Kiyuma, how to fulfill learning. Choymer Anilma, the subject matter. Tsurasoi, the method. Vitachnoi, the nature. And therefore, depending on the time, the methodology and subject matter needs to be tweaked for what will work for the time to inspire the generation to be loyal Jews. And if the bottom line is, in 2022, in order to keep a young mind sharp and engaged, you need to spend time in brisker taira, lamdasha because that's the kind of analysis a young teenager may need, whether that's the case or not, I'll leave it to people big, bigger than me, then the type of learning is going to change. In other words, maybe back in the day they could suffice, Gemara Rashi Toysis, and maybe inherently that's better. But maybe you need something more intellectually stimulating, then so be it. Then we need to make those changes. And if originally... The father would teach Torah, so then the father needs to teach Torah. But then there were many Amiyaras, and there weren't too many dads who could teach Torah. So then, if we're going to say only fathers teach Torah, then there are not going to be any children who know anything. So they had to make a Takana. You know what? Now we have Rabbeim. But if we're going to say Rabbeim will only be in Yushalayim, where people see the Kedusha, and the Kaihanim Ba'avoidasam. So great. But if that will lead to only people in Yushalayim learning Torah, and people who don't live nearby will not learn Torah, so we need to make changes. And Yeshua ben Gamla will come along, and he will say there needs to be yeshivas in every single city and district. And back in the day, at five, the only 16-year-olds went to yeshiva. And the homes were so permeated and saturated with Kedusha, the children would remain loyal Jews. But afterwards... If you wait until a kid is 16 to go into the yeshiva, by that time the kid will be such an ignoramus and be so poisoned by the environment that he won't stand the chance ever to be a loyal Jew. And therefore, since the purpose of Talmud Torah, the purpose of Talmud Torah is to be an observant Jew, then we need to study and analyze the realities of every period of time, what will be the best methodology and age and subject matter so that those who study Torah will remain loyal to our people. You know, originally, when they started to learn, they knew the 13 hermeneutic principles of exegesis. And they knew the missing letters and the extra letters. And they could darshan. So, because they were so proficient in the extra yud, the missing yud, and the dikduk, so they had a hakpada. You can't learn Torah by heart unless you have to look inside the Sefer Torah. But after a point of time, they didn't, they didn't know these methods anymore. And Dvarim Shabbat had to be said from the mouth of the rabbi to the ear of the student. Only the private student would write his own personal notes. Until Rebbe came along and he had no choice. He had to write the Mishnah because people could not memorize the the great body of um, information that had to be transmitted from generation to generation. And ultimately the heter to write down the oral law expanded and expanded to include commentary, to include people's personal understanding because the minds were weaker. So, bottom line is, says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, that ulafikach, kol iker halimud nishar etzleinu b'toyre shabalpeh. Our main learning remains the Tarsh of Alpeh, ki hihi ha mavili de maisa, mukhiyavim anuliroi shahalimodia talmud ha mevil de maisa. The bottom line is that the parameter of learning is guided by performance. And therefore, depending on the age and the times and society and the challenges of the times, the method of Limadatayra needs to be tailor made 
to that particular generation. And, you know, that's... The bottom line is that none of the guidelines of Talmud Torah seem to be fulfilled anymore. Very rarely do you have Chumash at 5, and Mishnah at 10, and Gemara at 15, and the bottom line is we have to do what will work for uh, educating the next generation. Now, whether the methods that we use today are the best way of reaching our youth, I'll leave that to people greater than myself. But in terms of how things were able to be changed, uh, that's how Rabbi Yaakov looks at it, that the main consideration when it comes to Talmud Torah is Now let's go, Rabbi Isai, back to the question of the Shevet Musar. Namely, uh, the Shevet Musar asked, when we study all the, the vast amount of material that one is responsible to learn in Torah, it seems so overwhelming, it seems so impossible. Could the Rebunsham really expect this from us? And we, I, I would like to begin, um, I would like to begin uh, in the Shevet Musar, it's on page 8 in, in the sheets, and it's the Shevet Musar, Perek Mem Aleph, Oizchas. Shevet Musar says a very interesting idea. He says, We are forced to say, Every Jew received his specific chilek from Sinai. There are those who have received only Chumash. V'yesh Mishnah, some only Mishnayis. Yesh Talmud, some Gemara. V'yesh Masa Merkava, some Maisa Merkava. V'yesh Kulam, some people, they got all of it. Kamadubar Bamedrish. V'alchol hachalokim alolo amra v'seinuzal, and regarding all of these various sections, our sages have taught us, Echad Hamarbe, V'echad Hamamit, O'levad she'echavin li v'shamayim. Whether you do a little bit, whether you do a lot, as long as you have the right intentions, Bein mi shazacha mikra bavad, Oy mishnah bavad, Shimuad, whether you just do chumash or mishnayis, which is a little bit, Bein amarbe, whether somebody does a lot, Dehainu mi shazacha l'kulam b'sinai, that is someone who zaychah to all of them, Kamadubar, if you're mechavein l'shamayim, everyone's equal, as long b'yoyish kolecha v'echad osak b'chad yashir shinasunlai, as long as you involve yourself in the component of Torah that was given to you, in accordance with the pains that you put in to achieve your shear from Sinai, that will be your reward. Basically is, every Jew has the following responsibility. Learn the part of Torah that was given to me when I stood on Mount Sinai, V'alzeh Amru L'fum Sara Agra. Shemekayim Adam Achilish Nosel B'Sinai. When you learn your share, Zoychal Olam Aba. I, the Medrash says that they're going to ask how many wings on the Merkava and what does the throne look like. They'll ask if that's what was given to you. If it wasn't given to you, you're not accountable for that. Then all the questions God will ask, are to those who they were given that share on Har Sinai. And they were given a chilek v'yad bakal. And therefore if you were given everything and you learned Mikra and you didn't learn Mishnah, then a person is liable because you could have achieved everything. And your slackening off caused that all you got was Mikra or Mishnah or both of them. If you got Mikra and Mishnah, you didn't get the rest. Let's say you were given Mikra and Mishnah, and you and you didn't learn Mikra and Mishnah, you only learned Mikra. Then you're liable. But if you were only given Mikra, or you're only given Mishnah, and you learn what you were given, you get your full share, and you will not be accountable for Maisim Rekava. So you say, okay, Baruch Hashem. 
this makes things sound a lot easier. So really, basically what it's saying is that we're not really responsible to learn Kala Kula. We're responsible to learn everything that was given to us on Har Sinai. Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem, you know, on Har Sinai, I was given only one line of the first parak of Elam So Baruch Hashem, I learned that one line and I'm good to go. So obviously the question is, how can a person know what they were given on Har Sinai? So the Sheva Musar says something very interesting. What do you enjoy learning? What you enjoy learning is probably what you were given on Har Sinai. How could you make that determination? Some people, they, they sit in front of a Gemara and it's Chinese. They don't understand it. They just enjoy learning Chumash, Mishnah, Agadata, Oy Behepach, or the opposite. Some people, they love Gemara. They love Gemara. They love Halacha. They don't like Agadata. Some people, they, they're a sponge. They love everything. Someone who understands everything. And if that person forsakes any part of Torah, basically, the Sheva Moser says, a major determining factor of what a person should focus on is what they understand and what they enjoy learning. If you have an unusual chilek for Nevi'im and Ksuvim, and you have a really hard time learning Gemara, and you don't get it, then it's very likely your chilek in this world is Nevi'im and Ksuvim. And you should devote yourself to that. Now, I want to add something, and maybe the Sheva Musar means this. In all honesty, I don't think he does. But I'm more comfortable saying it this way is that I don't think a person could say, well, I love learning Megillah Esther. I'm going to be spending my whole life now learning Megillah because when I stood on Harsinai, God gave me Megillah Esther. But I don't understand Yivamis, and I don't understand Ksubis, so I'm not going to learn that. You know, maybe the Shevet Musar says it like that, but it's hard to say that that's a fully reasonable approach to Talmud Torah. I would prefer to say it as follows. You know, we had before that Torah is compared to nutrients. You know, meat uh, to bread and water and wine. I don't think there's anybody that... I don't think there's an across-the-board diet that everyone in this world has to have X amount of protein, carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables. You know, people have different physiological makeup. Some people need more of one and some people need more of the other. So I would say as follows. I think that a person needs to try their best to get a full balanced diet. Which means you have a hard time learning Gemara, you still need to try to learn Gemara. You're not you're not interested in Chumash, you still should try to learn Chumash. Mishnayis is not for you. Look, you got to sustain your soul. And your soul is sustained by the full gamut of the Torah. But if you want to know what to focus on, a person has a right to say, I have a cheshek and a desire and an interest in these parts of Torah. This is my unique chilek. I'm going to focus on that. I'm not going to focus on it to the exclusion of everything else. Because then you're sort of, you're going to be undernourished and it's not going to be balanced, right? It's the same way everyone loves dessert, but if you just eat chocolate cake all day, you're not going to be healthy. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of people like Ramazim and Jerush, but if that's all you do, you're not going to be a well-balanced Jew. So, I think it's reasonable to say the Sheva Moser perhaps means this, and if he doesn't mean it, I think it's a more balanced approach. But let's read how he says it. 
uh, basically the, the Sher Musr is saying an idea that a person is allowed to use their Ratzayin and desire to make a determination of what they should focus on. He says, This itself is alluded to in the language of the Chazal that we quoted. God says, If you admit that you learned Torah, tell me what you learned in Chumash, tell me what you learned in Mishnah. Why does God say, since you admit you learned this, so tell me what you learned, why doesn't Hashem just say, okay, say over Kala Torah Kula. Which would imply that you have to learn everything. But God doesn't say that. God says, tell me what you learnt in Chumash, what you learnt in Mishnah. That implies that the Chiyuv is not equal for everyone. Some people have to give an accounting if they just learned Chumash or Mishnah. Some have to give an accounting for everything. Furthermore, it says, from here we derive whatever person read, whatever person learnt in Mishnah, you need to clarify. Why doesn't it just say, Whatever there exists in Torah, you're responsible. But what's trying to allude to, that is, In other words, it's trying to emphasize the idea that whatever was given to you on Sinai, you're responsible to know. Okay, let's just see a little bit more. G'day l'mizu. Says the Shevet Musar, we could take this further. Because if you look carefully at the language of Chazal, it says, someone who has Mikra and not Mishnah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns away from them, he throws them into the oven. Someone who has two Siddharim or three, Hashem says, why didn't you learn everything? If God says, let him be, good. If God doesn't say that, then they throw him into the oven. What do you mean... If God says let him be, why would God say let him be if he didn't learn what he needed to learn? He should have been, he should face the same fate as the first guy. It must be that not everybody is held to the same standard. There's no uniform subject matter that everyone has to learn. It depends on the person. It depends on a person's ability. It, a person's, it depends on a person's inclination. It depends on a person's interest. It depends on a person's intellectual ability. So if somebody learned Mikra and Mishnah, even if he's missing everything else, if he's excused and he couldn't learn more, he's excused. And it has no bearing on the second guy who already learned part of Gemara and didn't learn the whole thing. And he is responsible. Ah, says the Rosheva Musr, this may well be the meaning of that which we find in Avodazar Dafiyotes. Ki im b'tayras Hashem chevsay, amarav ein adam loimed tayra ela mimakayim shalibay chafetz. A person only learns in a place that their heart wants to learn. A person only learns Torah where they want to learn. If you want to learn Chumash, you understand it, but you don't understand other things, you need to learn Chumash what you want. Because that must, that's probably your Chelek Misinai. If you love to learn Mishnah and not Gemara, then learn Mishnah. By the way, it's interesting. Uh, Rabbi Vadi Yosef uses this principle regarding the Tikkun Lel Shavuos. We know that ancient custom was that the night of Shavuos, they would say the Tikkun, which is like a Pasuk 
in the beginning of Bereshis, the Pasuk at the end of Bereshis, Pasuk in the beginning of Nayach, Pasuk in the end of Nayach, Pasuk in the beginning of Lechacha, the end of Lechacha. And then they will learn, you know, different, you know, snidbits of Mishnah, Zayar, Gemara, and so forth. And uh, the uh, Rebbe Vadya says, you know, look around, people are not really saying Tikkun Lel uh, Shavuos on Shavuos. Why not? That's the Minog. And Rebbe Vadya basically says that B'nai Yeshiva, that they learned Gemara that night, you can't be Moicha, they have what to rely on. After all, don't Chazal say, You can't legislate learning. You can't tell people, you have to learn. I'll give you an example. You know, Chazal Darshan, Torah Tzivalanu Moshe, Moirasha Kilas Yaakov, Al Tikri Moirasha, Ela Moirasa. There's a concept that the Torah is our Arusa, she's our bride. When we learn Torah, we marry her. A relationship that is coerced will probably not be, is probably not a recipe for success. The likelihood of having a pleasant relationship when that woman was forced upon you is very uh, unlikely. And the Torah is a relationship no less than anything else in life. And therefore, a person cannot be forced, learn this, learn that. Oh, it's Shavuos night, you have to say the Tikkun. What do you mean? The Torah is my wife, I'm going to choose how I learn it. You have to give me some discretion. So, now, we'll end off with this question, I'll leave you on a cliffhanger. Why was Ruvain on Harsinai given the Chilek of Gemara, and Shimon was given Mishnah, and Levi was given Ksuvim, and Yisachar was given Jerush, and Yehuda was given Kabbalah. Why? Why do people have different Chalakim? Why doesn't everyone have the same Chilek? Why is the mitzvah of Talmud Torah so ununiform that here we're all one people, and what I have to learn, you don't have to learn. What you have to learn, I don't have to learn. And some people have to learn everything and some people have to learn very little. Why? Why didn't Hashem just give everybody an equal slice of the cake? Everyone should have the same piece of chocolate cake and the same responsibility. We all shake the same lulav. We all put on the same tefillin. So why don't we all learn the same Torah? Okay, Rabbi Sai, we'll continue this Bez Hashem next time. Thanks everybody for joining. Wish you all a wonderful day. Sure. I think the point of Rav Shach is as follows. A yeshiva is a machine. It's a factory. <laughs> because there's one rabbi for 50 students. And even though it would be better if every student had their own rabbi and ordered from the rabbi what they want to learn and how they want to learn, but the realities of life don't allow for that. So basically, you're going to have a lot of people and the question is, what's the best system for the tzibur at large? What's the system that will produce the greatest people? And Rav Shach feels that if everyone's going to learn very slow, then basically you're, uh, you're selling yourself short. And people are going to uh, remain... Um, satisfied and they're going to settle on uh, on mediocrity 
as opposed to if people are held to higher accountability, then they'll produce. Because everybody knows you produce greater under pressure than, uh, than not. So that's from Shach's point. But. Yeah, but look, a parent who has the capability of educating their child will certainly give their child a, 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 a great advantage if the parent, who knows the child better than the parent, and the, chi- the parent who's invested in the child really gives the, the child the best chance to succeed in uh, his learning. Yeah, we'll we'll develop it further, Bez Hashem, next week. Yeah.